Don't self-destruct. I'll take the mission. I will take the mission. Welcome to Tales from the Abyss, the most unfiltered, unselfish, unapologetic, unpretentious, the greatest celebration of freedom of speech in the land of the free and the home of the brave. And it is in that home that we find ourselves with the big thing this week, which was uh, cocaine in the White House. Apparently, there was uh, two bags of cocaine found in the... Um, in the Joe Biden's uh, version of the White House. Um, and it is said that it was found in an area in which there is no cameras. Basically, whoever lost this cocaine cannot be brought up. Uh, the person's name cannot be brought up by uh, by, any, by anyone because uh, apparently must be somebody uh, important or somebody whose name has to be uh, protected. But here is one of the most um, surveillance places on earth. There's probably a camera. I imagine, and I'm going to go out on a limb, I know that they cannot have, uh, they cannot have cameras in the bathroom. That is, uh, that is common sense, that they cannot have a camera in the bathroom. But I'm under the impression, or I would take, make the assumption that in the female's uh, bathroom or in the male's bathroom in the White House, if they do still use genders in their bathrooms in the White House for the moment being, I don't know that, but I imagine that maybe they do. Uh, I imagine the walls must have some kind of sensor to at least they cannot see you naked in there doing your business, but they can know what you're doing based on a silhouette. I, like, I imagine they have enough protection in that White House to know every single thing. But this two bags of cocaine were like Jeffrey Epstein. They, the cameras were not in that area. And if they were, they would have tell you that they were not working. But here's the thing, and to Hunter's defense, because everybody's taking shots at Hunter. That's like the easy uh, person to take a jab at. Um, I seriously doubt that... Uh, I seriously doubt that the cocaine belongs to Hunter because they have footage has come out of this boy partying with his cocaine or whatever the hell that pipe was, is that pipe that he was smoking, uh, and a very uh, nice sports car through Vegas in 2017, was it that he was speeding and posting himself while doing some something that appears to be a white powdery substance, if it was cocaine or not, I don't know that. The one that was found in the White House, we know was cocaine because they tested it. And uh, <laughs> they, they test positive in the cocaine at a lab. They make sure that you know that it was at a lab that they tested it. But officers found the cocaine during a routine patrol. The Secret Service officials said the substance tested positive for cocaine at a lab Wednesday. The Biden family happened to be in Maryland. And um, when they discovered the cocaine, they were, uh, they were uh, at a retreat at Camp David. Okay, so here's uh, Tom Cotton, who apparently he got hired to do his job. And uh, he sent a letter with it asking the Secret Service Director for information about investigations. And the Secret Service has says that they will respond. But apparently as of this show coming out, this is a, uh, a done deal. They have indeed uh, closed the... Uh, Close the investigation. Somebody lost their cocaine. But, uh, you know, to be honest with you, I seriously doubt it that that cocaine belonged to Hunter Biden. I don't think he would let his cocaine unattended if he does cocaine. 
he seems to be very much in touch with whatever he does, taking photos of it, like he's having a good time. Remind, remind me of myself when I'm cooking at the, my wings at the grill. Like I take great pride in it, so I take a photo of it and I enjoy myself. That's when, when, I, when the photos have surfaced of him doing uh, whatever that substance was. Seems like he's very, uh, very connected to it in a sentimental way. So I seriously doubted that if that was cocaine, which they're saying that it was, and it was his, I seriously doubted that he would allow the, the cocaine to be unattended. But nevertheless, it was the big thing in the country. The American people, incredibly gullible. I'm sorry. I used to get offended when people would point out how stupid and gullible the American people are. But you happen not to be people that think for yourself, the great majority of you, and you believe whatever the government tells you, unfortunately. So for everybody that thinks that there's, they do not know or people that believe that on this specific area of the White House, there was no cameras to capture this. Ah, oh, man. And people will believe that. There's people out there that actually will believe that. So whoever lost that powder, they cannot, uh, they don't want them to feel embarrassed. They were probably handled behind closed doors. And if you know somebody in the White House that is missing, uh, missing from their job, and there's not an explanation why they were terminated, that should be, that should be something in the air about the reason, the reason why they're no longer there. If that, if they went down that route, uh, who knows with these people, but absolutely the area in which it was found is an area that the even the media does not have clearings. It's an area where they discuss some of the highest uh, situations that are taking place around the world. Aside from the Pentagon and whatever other secret facilities the country has, but in the White House itself. So it's an area that not even the media has clearance. So who knows who lost that, that thing. But in Hunter's defense, I would be very shocked that this was his cocaine. I just wanted to bring up, we always talk about me and me and, uh, and Jay, boy, I miss that boy. We always talk about um, the things that everybody's talking about in the country. And that was one of the things that cut my eye, the big talk about the cocaine and cocaine this and cocaine that. Cocaine is crazy these days for, for when I hear people talk because it's such a dangerous drug with all this uh, fentanyl that is being uh, cut with in order to stretch it out or make it more powerful that uh, somebody was giving an interview the other day, one of my favorite uh, favorite singers in the country, Jelly Roll, and he was talking how these days people would have to travel with cocaine. He was saying, the good, he said, the good, it's not of the good old days. And he says that people actually have to travel with the special kits that can tell you if it has fentanyl or not, because on every given weekend, a lot of people drop dead over uh, over powder cocaine in this country. And it's a shame, you know, but um, it's definitely not a, a safe drug, even if you don't mix it with fentanyl. I don't recommend it, but people will go out of their way to do all kinds of stuff in this world. And that's one of them. But just to to, to show the, 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 if you look at this with a different perspective of analyzing stuff, then you would know that, that somebody powerful or somebody that, that, cannot be disclosed in public, misplaced these two bags, and they cannot bring you who it was. And they're saying that in one of the most protected places in the country, like I said, outside from a military facility, this is one of the most surveillance-heavy places on earth. Uh, 
9600 Pennsylvania Avenue. But the camera, there was no camera in the area that it happened. And it was not in the bathroom. And they changed the area three times. So, but the people will believe it just like they believe whatever the government tells you because nobody wants to think for themselves. They, they, that's why these people are so hell-bent and not allowing us to think for ourselves because if they think for you, they can own your mind. And if they own your mind, they can get you to believe whatever you want. But I'm here today to talk about Dead Reckoning Part 1, Mission Impossible 7, reviewing that great, great movie. Boy, Tom Cruise has to be Mr. Box Office because this one is... Uh, Ooh, this is such a good movie. I was so happy with this movie in the movie theaters. It was just like a joy ride. And the movie does have some flaws. But the moment that you start thinking about the flaws, they grab you and they take you in another edge of your seat ride. And it, that's the way that it was. I was moving all over my seat watching this movie. Christopher McQuarrie, director. Um, Christopher McQuarrie, writer. And Eric Gendrison. Based on Mission Impossible by Bruce Geller, uh, produced by Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise, the, the movie stars Tom Cruise and director Christopher McQuarrie are on the uh, screen thanking everybody for coming and seeing this movie, which is it's a staple now of Tom Cruise's movies. He's been doing that a lot. And this one, man, it was halted in February of 2020 due to the pandemic. Then they wrap it up on September of 2021. And um, includes the, the areas in which they filmed this movie. And there were beautiful scenes. And in Norway, the United United Kingdom, Italy, United Arab Emirates, which uh, the movie has a, a scene. Uh, Tom Cruise riding on a horse in the desert with a big sandstorm coming his way, which is a staple now of all movies. Has All movies right now, they all have the uh, the Arabian desert horse, horse chase. They all have the... Uh, the nightclub fight scene, and that's just a give me what this one had that made it so special was a scene in a train at the end that was one of the most original scenes that I have ever seen in a movie. As far as a train derailing, we have seen this before. The train about to collapse and go over a blown up bridge, we have seen that before. It was what was taking place inside to survive from ha from falling into the uh, cliff that made it so special. You're going to see a scene with the kitchen and the train being sideways that is so original, so, oh man, so intense that makes this movie worth the, worth the visit. But everything about this movie was worth the visit. Like I said, the movie has flaws. It's not, it's not, um, it's not a, uh, the most original movie in the planet. It's just the way that they take you on this car chases, has moments of phony mo funny moments, and has moments that are serious. Um, an enemy from the past, played by S.M. Morales, returns to hunt Tom Cruise, and he has a swagger and a way about him, like he has figured out the world. Um, artificial intelligence seems to be the, uh, they call it the entity, Seems to be the main villain in here, aside from S.I. Morales, but the one that we cannot see but has all the power is this artificial intelligence that can infiltrate any computer and turn turn you against yourself. And all these countries around the world, they want to take, at least the heavy players, they want to take this, this entity and control it in order to basically kidnap the world for their own gains and... 
This one, let me tell you what this is doing. This had a budget of uh, $291 million, box office 239.4. It hasn't even been in the, the money yet. I don't know if this has been updated. It just came out on July 12th in the United States, I believe. Um, if this movie flops at the box office, then let's be honest, there's something going on out there. I don't know what it is, but uh, man, let me tell you, this movie is solid. So I don't see, I don't see what could possibly not be bringing this thing. This has to be the number one movie in America. And um, another one of the interesting aspects of this movie was that it had a, um, during the, uh, the, the pre-production, the Swiss government refused to authorize any explosions for the train sequence in the Alps. So Sky Media had to basically do some different locations and find themselves in a different place for it. And uh, man, because this one was... Uh, this one had to take place. This is one of the best scenes in the entire movie. So I think they went to a Polish uh, railway and they 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 got a German era bridge and that's the one that they used for it. Um Yeah, man, it was it was that that was the, the the whole train thing at the end. And the movie the movie itself as you know that it's part 1 it just keeps you like that was one of the things that that kept me a little bit like oh edgy because I had already seen um, Fast and the Furious, which is part one of a three chapter installment. So I'm thinking that this Mission Impossible was going to end in a, uh, a cl another cliffhanger, and it sort of did, but it's a more mellow cliffhanger if if you get my drift. It's like now they know they have a certain mission that they are going to embark in. So that kind of made it a little bit good at the end that we didn't we didn't have a, a ginormous cliffhanger. Of course, all the um, all the the uh, usual suspects appear. Um, Big Reigns. Let me see who else is in here. We got some newcomers. Well, Rebecca Rebecca Ferguson. She I don't think she's uh she's not a newcomer to this. She's been in here before, I'm pretty sure. Simon John Peck, he's he returns, always uh shines. This got Haley Elizabeth Atwell. She's an uh, American actress, British and American actress. I think she's a newcomer of this. We had never seen her before. But uh, she was very good in this. Let me see who else is in this. Well, like I said, Essay Morales, he's 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 in here uh doing his thing from from his roles in Bad Boys, La, ba La Bamba he was in, and the rest he's been on a, a few few TV series, good and bad alike, but he's he's the big baddie on this, 153 minutes, Paramount Pictures, man, I love this movie, I don't, I don't understand, uh, I don't understand if there has been a if this is not the number one movie in the country, I don't know what to tell you. Reviews were solid on it. Rotten Tomato has it a very high up. And that's usually like they have it to the point. Rotten Tomato has Dead Reckoning Part 1. I think it was in the 90s. 94. They have it at 96. Audience score 94. So this is like a must-see movie. Absolutely. 
Let me see what the audience says. With a terrific, terrific cast and some beautiful shot stuns, Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning Part 1 might be the best action movie of the year. Let me see what they say. With Rotten Tomatoes says, with, with world-threatening stakes and epic set pieces to match the massive title, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1 proves this is still a franchise you should choose to accept. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, they've had some, like the ghost wasn't nothing out of the order. It was nothing that I could... There's nothing that I absolutely needed to see, but man, absolutely, this is a, oh man, this is a, just a good movie, but I don't know, action movie of the year is kind of a, that's an intense title to give it for the simple reason that uh, you had John Wick 4 this year, like a lot of people, I don't know, they, they you can't forget how good John Wick was, absolutely a joyride, John Wick was not a joke, and the only reason why we're not raving more about Sisu at least those of us that have seen it, we know how solid Sisu is, and original, and mm, mind-blowing good from beginning to end. It doesn't stop with a good ending. The only reason why, because it's a foreign movie. people I don't think people realize how good Sisu is, because not enough people are raving about it. And Sisu is right up there with John Wick 4, and right up there with Mission Impossible. And the only reason why we may not be able to get Sisu Part 2, and that one would probably be in the movie theaters, they'll probably have a better reception because people now know what they're going to go see, is because the money did not come in. They were waiting for a certain amount of money to come in in order to assure them that Part 2 would be a success. I don't think they have reached that goal as of yet, but we'll see. I hope they don't water it down if they have to just rush it out there for for whatever uh, results they're looking for. But part one of this Dead Reckoning is worth the watch. This is uh, this is what good movies, are, action movies are made of. This is a big bucket of popcorn movies. Sit back in that seat and enjoy. Movie theater for this one, a must, because it's worth the, uh, it's worth the, uh, the watch and yeah, they have they have a strong cast. They have some uh, some characters, killers that work for S.A. Morales, and they come across like a very uh, Quentin Tarantino characters, like characters that he would dream of. With this uh, female killer, she has a, a lot of the action, of course, with the Joan Wick series. A lot of the action comes across as a Joan Wick action. The stunts by Tom Cruise are still second to none for a guy at his age and a, and a guy with his type of, uh, well, first of all, nobody could ever look at Tom Cruise and think that he's 61. But uh, for a guy that is that high up in the food chain, as far as box office attraction goes, well, Tom Cruise is a bad boy to do them stunts that he does. And this one, no exception. I'm scared about the, the follow-up one because I don't want to give the plot away. But on the follow-up one, there will be a submersible scene. And I hope they don't use... Uh, well, I hope they use the state-of-the-art company if they got to go underwater real deep to make a, a scene. Because, uh, man, this I hope it doesn't end with uh, with a follow-up to this because... Wow, as long as as long as Tom Cruise can keep on going, they should definitely make more of this uh, Mission Impossible. This is like 
since they're gonna if they're not gonna make any more uh if they're not gonna make any more uh they're not gonna make uh the uh John Wick series if it if it ended on the final one with John Wick dying and they're just gonna have one off or some other characters based on the series, the TV show that is coming up, then Mission Impossible should continue to go forward because this is like, it's just like 007 of the modern day era of movies. Like 007 had his day. We don't know when they actually revamped that series, what it's going to look like. It may be looking a little bit different. Maybe the, the, the fans itself, like the, uh, the moviegoers, maybe now that's what they're used to and maybe that's what they want. They want that fast action pace. It came across as uh, the raid. The raid had a lot to do with this. Eco, uh, Tony Ja. This is the guys that were game changers on this on this genre that finally made it to America action, and the violence has escalated. And the uh, Mission Impossible, they tame it down. It's not it's not as as nasty as Sisu. Sisu is a little bit more uh, more violent, more graphic. Is the word that I'm looking for. Of course, um, John Wick has that over-the-top violence and stuff, but they still it's nowhere near the Indonesian action violence that we have seen or me and Jay has discussed in the show in the past, but nasty enough to grab you, the John Wick. This one, they tame it a little bit better. The, the uh, Mission Impossible, they disguise that a little bit better to death. You still get people getting killed all over the place, but it's a little bit more toned down. This, this one is like like the target version of uh, <laughs> of action movies. A little bit classier, cleaner. John Wick is a little bit more Walmery. <laughs> and Sisu, that's just straight up do Dollar General, but in a good way. Sisu is just out there, nasty, in your face. Nazis getting killed. Of course, they have to escalate the evil that the man is fighting, so you don't feel that uncomfortable seeing somebody totally getting gut like that, but you're actually seeing people that totally deserve it, so you don't feel that bad about it. It's a, it's a, it's a good psychological game that these people in Hollywood play, and we love it. That's why it's a theater of ups and downs and good moments and bad moments, and we love it, and we love going to the movies for this. Uh, let me see who makes another appearance on this. Vanessa Kirby, she's like that mediator that is involved in this movie trying to make a deal and here's trying to make a, a few bucks she is uh she is the uh the white widow then we have uh paris played by a uh, prom pom pom clementif pretty sure i'm butchering her name but she she's a uh she has a uh she's like a killer on this one She's also on, uh, for the best of my knowledge, she is on uh, the sci-fi, the Guardians of the Galaxy. She plays that uh, alien girl that is always next to uh, Drax the Destroyer. So she is on this. She plays a, a Stone Cold Killer. Like, type of uh, the one that, that uh, Quentin Tarantino would have... Uh, would have dream of it. She was very good at it. They even have a scene where she's uh, she's got makeup up like she's uh, Harley Quinn. 
I don't know why they did that. If it was she was trying to look like her, or there was just a nobody thought about it. But nevertheless, it was uh, it was a, an interesting uh, character that she played. And to the best of my knowledge, I think on the next one, there's going to be basically the conclusion to this. But somehow, some way, the main character of this, we will only we can only see it being a being involved by since it's a, a virus in a computer goes inside a computer that cannot be tracked or can only be shut down and others do not want to do it because they want the power of it and it may be something that cannot be controlled only tom cruise is hell-bent and saving the world and acknowledging how dangerous this is and the rest of his uh team there's a lot of spy game going on in this in this movie uh, one of the actresses in this movie that was uh that was so talk about was uh the lady next to Tom Cruise in the movie. She is uh she is a thief and all of a sudden through the through in the middle of the movie, first she starts as a thief and then all of a sudden she knows how to fight to perfection. She's a master thief. And that kind of uh throws people off. But I'm in I'm to the best of my knowledge, I believe that in the next in the next movie, they probably give you more into her that she is some kind of a double spy that has infiltrated all of these people because there's too much coincidence going on. And I believe, I believe that you're going to see uh, this beautiful brunette is going to have a lot of, uh, and I mean a lot of, of, uh, and like her character, they're going to tell you more about it. She's going to be, that's to the best of my knowledge in order not because they made it in a way that has a lot of people talking to how she developed their ability to fight. And if, and when they, when they release the next one, if that's the case, then it'll all make sense. Cause that's another one of the, they, they're calling it a plot hole, but maybe it is not a plot hole. Maybe it's just, maybe it's just her, uh, her character is not giving it all, all is not exposing everything that she knows or just she does because the, she's a, a secret spy. That's all I can think of that it would make more sense. But in the middle of the movie, she starts, she starts fighting. And, uh, that was kind of, uh, <laughs> it was kind of weird that, that, uh, she began to fight and she was nothing more than a, a jewel thief. So we'll see. We'll see what we got. I think her name is Haley. Yeah, her name is Haley Atwell. She is United Kingdom in the United States. Yeah, I already have brought it up. And uh, to the best of my knowledge, I think that's where they're going with this character. But I could be wrong. But that was another one of the plot holes. And uh, at times when they're making the exchange, it looks a little bit too weird. The exchange for a key that they're all chasing, the key that can open or close the... Uh, the entity. So with that in mind, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning, I gave it five uh, popcorn emojis and I'm very stingy with those, but this is such such a great movie. So worth the watch. Action, chases, they have it all in here. This is uh, just to go to the movies, like I said, and enjoy yourself. And that's basically 
all there is to it. I don't know when part two will come out. But, uh, boy, this is going to be a... Uh, okay, they're, they're expecting part two to be released June 28th of 2024. So that's next year. So they're going one after the other. Maybe it's already been filmed. I don't know. Are they working on it right now as we speak? They're making the press schedule to be released in the United States on June 24 with Paramount Pictures. Yeah. Let me see. Production in January 2019. Oh, I guess they were filming both of this back to back. Okay. The films will be shot back to back with McQuarrie writing and directing. Okay. Okay. They were both set to be released in 2021 and 2022, but based on the... Uh, the gift that kept on giving, unfortunately, the pandemic, we could not get this movie's release then. And now we have the chance to uh, to watch them and it's been worth the wait, definitely worth the watch. And I would not skip on either one of this, 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 this two movies because for a moment, I thought maybe the Mission Impossible franchise was as good as dead, but we have found out that they're far from it. And... I couldn't be happier, to be honest with you. As far as everything else that's going on, oh, let me see a few things that caught my eye. Army of Dark Darkness Forever, upcoming sequel comic pickup after the movie original ending. So this one picks up after the, the, the movie's uh, original ending. Fans of Ash versus Evil Dead and Army of Darkness fans, which are worldwide, are going to be very interested in this Dynamite Entertainment release when it comes out. I don't have any information in here about when it comes out, but anything Army of Darkness is uh, is worth the read and worth the watch. So let me see what else I had. Uh, it's a horror comedy out there. Chucky and Morthy, last big thing, is now streaming and uh, on Screenbox, Screenbox gets a lot of news, a lot of uh, people raving about Screenbox. And uh, yeah, I don't know about I don't know about um, about that one, but some of those dark uh, some of those dark uh, horror comedies are so worth the watch that that uh, they're entertaining. Tucker and Dale versus Evil is one of my favorites, and I think it's one of the best the best ever made. Now I was gonna bring up. The since we're summertime and it's uh chart this and chart that, chart this and chart that and chart this and chart that. Uh, I was gonna bring up some of the uh the the best chart movies out there that are not of course uh are not of course Jaws because we all know that you can you can there's no way to uh to to ever uh. To ever top Jaws, Jaws is what it is, and uh, there's a uh, Shark Night. There's a 2011, so worth the watch. Summertime, I'm gonna put Jaws two in there just because Jaws two is so uh, underrated and it's so good. Did Blue Sea? All of these movies, except for Jaws two, just is a little bit serious because you know it's follow up to that Jaws one. It's hard to, you know, but this is just for entertainment. This just like a little movie. This one is um, Deep Blue Sea three. <laughs> <laughs> Amazon, The Meg. I didn't like The Meg one, but the book has such a good, strong following. But The Meg Part One, and I guess I gotta watch it with a different mentality. The book, they, the the novel was so 
so good. Open Water is a little bit more serious, is so good. Now, here's one of my favorite, Corny, um, Campy, and I'm talking about Bait, 2012. This movie doesn't get enough love. You can watch it for free on Tubi and uh, Freebie. And uh, it has a tsunami in it. Then everybody gets trapped with a big, ginormous sharks in the city. And that's where it all starts. There's another one that is, oh, this is a terrible movie. Uh, not terrible as in the movie was bad, but terrible the feeling that you get when you watch it. 47 meters down. Deep Blue Sea, of course. That's the, the original one. And uh, The Shallows. The Shallow was good. It was strong. It was, it was, uh, it was real good. It was real good. You know, I'm not, like I said, I'm not going to bring uh, Joss because we all know that that's the granddaddy of them all. That's the one that started this whole shark movie craze. And it, they'll never be able to top that. I imagine in 20 or 40 years from now, somebody will come in if they, if they have the rights to it or they buy the rights to it, which with money, you can pretty much get away with anything in Hollywood. But somebody will probably remake Jaws. Because they remake everything else. Sooner or later, they'll try to remake it and make it look like like they can make it for future, for, for the, the present uh, mentality of the world, whatever people are feeling at the time, you know, because people change. But yeah, part one, man, that's just such an intense, beautiful movie. I went to see it at the IMAX earlier this year. It was it late last year? One of the two. And yeah, you can't top that. But the rest is just for... for just to enjoy yourself and watch a little a little horror shark summertime people tend to do that those were some of the ones that i think are very uh very much easy watch and of course sharknado <laughs> you really gotta be uh watching that as a comedy because that's 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 all that is but people still enjoy those sharknado movies uh what can you say so folks uh this is the uh the uh, somewhat of a review is more of a uh that reckoning uh, talk because I don't really want to give too much about it for the simple reason I don't want to ruin it for anybody anybody that hasn't watched it like I really believe people should go watch this movie and they will come out so happy that they did so I don't want to give away some stuff on the plot I can tell you the action is top notch I can tell you the scene towards the end with the uh, train is it really blew my mind how good it was and I can tell you that I can't wait for part two other than that I'm cutting off the uh, the time because it's just me running solo. And without Jay, I tell you the new format is going to be just that. It's going to change the time. We're still going to be doing movies and stuff. But the timing of it is going to be a little bit shorter than, than the previous, uh, previous show. When him, when he comes back, then we can go back to our original timing that we start talking. And next thing you know, the hour evaporates. But with me by myself... Eh, it's not that I can't find stuff, but I would have to go and write and do other stuff that I would not be, I would not come across as genuine when I'm in here. It would not, it would not make me feel comfortable being, we never had a, a script here in Tales from the Abyss. Jay comes up with an idea, I follow, and next thing you know, and you know what? The last time that I did this show, I said, well, now that Jay is gone, it's all going to be horror because, um, Jay is the one that usually has the best ideas when it comes to action movies. Those I never, I can never take credit for none of the, the Kung Fu movies that we have discussed or the action movies. That's all Jay's ideas and they have done very well with the people that listen. But 
for me, I was not expecting. It's crazy how the first <laughs> first show that I got to do mo- for the moment being without him, and I'm talking about an action movie, but this is a movie that just came out. It was in every and it's everybody's mind right now. It's fresh, so I wanted to do uh, some service to it by by talking about how good it is, and hopefully everyone that will go and watch this movie would feel the same. It's a really good movie, and folks, that would be it for me today. Thank you very much. Now, next week, I do come back with some horror. And you're going to love the type of horror that I'm going to be discussing next week. Because I was very impressed with the movie that I'm going to be bringing up next week. Here on Tales from the Abyss. And until then, stay safe, stay sharp, stay good out there, America.